As always, this is Tony, and with me today are the following players. Hi, this is Bethany, and I'm playing Belinda Walsingham, the half-elf awakened mystic. Hi, this is Adam, and I will be playing Akiva Khonshu, the Shadar Kai Hexblade Warlock. Hi, I'm Jane, and I'm playing Nissa Turin, the gnome arcane trickster rogue. Hi, I'm Mike, and I'm playing Scribner Shannon Whitecliff, the human rogue fighter. Next week will be Sharpen Quill, Episode 4. Join us now for Sharpen Quill, Episode 5. I'm going to have tea with Bai. Last time, the party found clues as to Salvador's whereabouts and finished their preparations for the ball and for the research that they were conducting on the various notes of Tenebris. As the day of the celebration over the victory of the Demon Lord comes closer, the party makes their final plans. I think it's time for the dancing lessons. I got this. No, no Akiva, stop moving your hips so much. I got this. No, no, very, very rigid. Precise movements, Akiva. Not, not, no, no, stop, stop doing the wave. Yeah, start doing the worm. Well, uh, Scrib, I think you probably learned some of these dances as well from your parents. Yeah, my mom taught me. Some. Mostly because, well, there was no one else to dance with. So, uh, Zolus, I guess we can walk through some of the steps for some of the more basic ones. All right. They're pretty straightforward. They're not straightforward at all, by the way. Like, to clarify, they are not at all straightforward. They're like, they're like 20 step, you know, sort of dances. How easy is it for me to pick it up? Make an intelligence check. Scriv roll with advantage. 20. Also 20. 7. This, I feel like you're mainly thinking about all of the shinies that are, could be there. And, uh, oh yeah, you know, Belinda just did some sort of like spin. Um, but then the shinies. Nissa, Nissa, are you okay? Like, huh? What? You're, you're supposed to be continuously moving. You know, worst case, if you forget the steps, just kind of try to do what the people around you were doing. I'll try. I got you. No, Akiva. No, do not. Oh, me and Akiva got nuts together? Come on. Y you realize, I mean, we're trying to explain, but essentially you're switching partners a lot of the time, too. So it's not going to just be, yeah, it's it's all about that precision. That was. I mean, there's only so few of us in here, so. It'll be two lines of people. So you'll dance together at some points, but you'll be constantly moving. It's in motion. Oh, okay. There'll be music. It's going to be great. The music will be great. One and two, three and four. Surprisingly. Akiva's getting it pretty well. Beyond continuing the lesson for the afternoon, is there anything you guys would like to do for the evening? Ask Zolus for further information about noble families, the resources available, a very important persons and stuff. If we're doing a buddy system, then it'd help if I knew as many people as possible so that maybe I get paired with, well, either Nissa or Akiva and then give them information as to who they're dealing with. I think I'll stick with Akiva and Nissa can stick with uh, Scriv if, for our buddy system. Not that we can't all also be together, but if we need to split up. Dolores will tell you, noble family houses, the main eight, as well as who are the heads of those households, which Belinda and Scriv have already met Fabian, Nathandam. And that's Darwin's dad. That's Darwin's dad. And he's the worst, right? He's the one that was immediately uh, trying to get Darwin to use the position to enhance the Nathandam name. Without any regard for his son's well-being. Oh, yeah, that doesn't matter. It's all about the Nathandam name. Yeah. But he will tell you the others, which we can, of course, we can go over as they become important. 
Okay. Sounds good. I mean, you are aware of the people of the expedition, and he will tell you as well who are the members on the council that are not the heads of the household. Basically, the king's closest advisors, which Darwin is on the council, but he is not head of his household. All right. We have the opportunity to do things that matter. I'm not saying any noble who says, hey, can you get some, you know, dirt on that other noble and I'll pay you this much money is the job we have to take. We can try to do things that actually are going to affect change, even if it starts small. I mean, let's be honest, we're doing pretty well. We help with the Tenebris thing. That was a big deal. There's still some other big questions like, what's going on with the deities? We're going to figure it out. There's answers out there. I guess I'm just worried that, well, what if we're not able to find it? Either because we die or because the mysteries are so big that we can't cover everything at once. We could break it off in small parts. For now, we're preparing to go to a party. We'll meet some people. We'll learn about some opportunities. We'll make some money. And we'll dance. And we will dance. We could probably run through a couple of halfling jigs if you want. I mean, it would only be fair, right, Akiva, that since Belinda has shared her culture, that we would share halfling culture. You know what? I think you have a point there. Okay. Akiva and I are going to show Belinda halfling dances. I would like to clarify I was not sharing, I was instructing. It's totally different. (laughs) Akiva, would you do the honors of keeping count and providing direction? Oh, yeah. Scriv, Akiva, make performance checks. 14. Natural 20, so 28. (laughs) Kiva, all those practices for your performance, the light slowly shines only on you. (laughs) A single beam from the window focuses on Akiva's dance move, and you're not sure how he's suddenly levitating off the ground as he's spinning on his head. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) Wow! Scriv disappears, but does does well. It's okay. Akiva's is literally double. Akiva's is transcendent. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Nissa, do you want to try? Sure, why not? Performance checks. 22. <laughs> Three. Nissa, I can't say how much you've danced before, because it doesn't seem like it's been much. Belinda, actually doing really well. Guys, I have charisma. I was actually going to laugh at you not being able to do it, but you're actually doing it a lot better than I was. I mean, I have eventually plans with my family. So Belinda goes and spends the evening with her family while... You all continue along and enjoy your evening. Day before the ball, what was the plan for the morning? We're going to get haircuts. From Reward? He did a great job with Scriff's hair before. He did. It's very nice. Starting to grow in a little bit. You can get it touched up. Just getting my hair touched up then. I think Blood's hair's probably gotten long, so she's going to get it kind of cut off again at the shoulders. Just clean, simple, low maintenance. Yeah, I'm just getting mine back to where it was a couple months ago. Just shorten it a bit, make it to where I can actually take it back instead of having it draped down all over the place. I think I was going to get him to do some fancy braiding of some description. And then for the afternoon, Belinda, what are you up to? I am going to file our official paperwork so it can be incorporated as the sharpened quill. Okay. And then Nissa Scriff? Tinkering. Tinkering. Then that just leaves the evening. So I'm keeping it pretty straightforward. I'm going to chat with Henrietta kind of about plans going forward that we're probably going to be leaving town, looking for work, you know, let her know about the corporation, you know, just kind of a quiet evening of preparing for tomorrow and whatever lies ahead. I'm going to go have tea with Bye. All right. There's a couple of questions that I have that, well, I don't really see anyone else being able to answer them. 
So you travel to the Ankalab Heights district, arrive at the worn down looking house. I want to bring tea, I guess, a, a gift or something. Okay. You can purchase tea. There's, doesn't. It's not a lot. It's just a couple of copper as you can buy it from a shop nearby. Yeah. So you arrive at the house, tea leaves in hand, knock on the door. You hear a soft click as if the door is coming unlocked. You can come in, dear. I am home. I open the door and I step inside. And sure enough, it's warm interior. Fireplace is currently lit. You see her sitting calmly at the table. Smiles when you enter. Bye. Hello, Scriv. A pleasure to see you. Pleasure to see you too. Please. And she gestures towards another chair. I take a seat and put the tea leaves on the table. Brought just a small token. I know it's probably not much compared to what you normally have, but... Oh, that's greatly appreciated, dear. Allow me. And she'll take it and start to make a pod and come back and sit down as the water is beginning to boil. So you're back to a form you're used to, I guess? What I'm comfortable with. What I've been in for quite a while. Do you swap to the other form often or only for special occasions? Depends on the types of individuals I intend to meet with. I really appreciate the help that you gave while we were in the abyss. It was my absolute pleasure, dear. And the sword also came in handy, too. We were trying to run from some deathlocks, and it bought us a couple of precious seconds. Excellent. I'm glad the magic within that has enhanced your abilities to keep yourself and your friends alive. Yeah, keeping them safe is important to me. By why are you helping us? There's probably a number of answers you could give, but it's just like, what do you get out of it? Usually, dear, my motivations remain my own. I don't tend to share them very readily. And as a fey entity that I am, sometimes I simply do things for the enjoyment of it. Okay. It's worked in our favor so far, and again, thank you. Of course, dear. Tell me, I have a little bit of magic still I can give. Is there another item that you would like enhanced? If there is some kind of benefit that could be applied to my shield? Ah, a shield. Well, you'll pardon me, dear, if I don't particularly use that shield. But I can give you a shield. Is it because it's a dar? I don't tend to like to deal in items that promote the deities. I set the shield aside. That's fair enough. I had a couple of questions. We got some books from Tenebris, and I've been doing research, and there are questions that have me really concerned. Oh, I'll see if I can answer them. I mean, I have been around a while, dear. What does the name Zumyar mean to you? Now that's a name I have not heard in a while. It's the name of Akiva's patron. It's the name of an emperor from an old empire, but it's not in any of the books that I'm able to find. At least not in any libraries around. It's like the entire bit of history has been wiped out. From what I've been able to piece together, it's a big empire that showed up back when the dragons and giants had an empire, and they came from nowhere. They established powerful magical cities, and then, well, then the dragons and giants fought and died, and all that was left was the Zamyar. 
from what I've been able to piece together, anyway. And then, for some reason, after some time of, like, a golden age, they vanished. They're gone. Now, we found a couple of, like, old sites of the Zumyar Empire. I didn't know they were the Zumyar, but, well, they're there. And Tenebris' notes say that there's a lot more places, but we need to go and visit them. Where are these locations? These other places? I don't know. I don't have the map on me. But the notes say that there are these cities of purpose, and I don't know. I don't know anything about this empire, so I can't even begin to conjecture on what the purpose for these cities might be. So who is Zamyar? What is the Zamyar family? The Zamyar, dear, were fey at one point. But that, that was a very, very long time ago. I personally did not know them when they were fey. They left the Feywild, just as I did. But I left much later than they did. Many Fey like to go out and explore the various planes of existence just to see what there is. She gets really quiet for a while. And though she never like locks eyes with you at any point, like anytime you've spoken to her, there's a like even further distance to kind of the way she's almost not quite staring, but she's reminiscing. She's reflecting. So I'll be quiet and if the timing is right, like I'll pour out tea for by and myself. You hear the the whistle? Yeah, I'll go and take care of it. And she does not move. I will get up, take care of the tea, and bring back two cups. As you initially place in front. Hmm, my apologies, dear. Centuries of memories tend to take a while to go through. Is that something you have to deal with often, given your experience? Well, I usually do not have to think back to my youth, dear. Wow, we are talking a long time. Indeed. The Zamyar are gone, essentially. There were a family of Fey that no longer became, or rather, no longer remained Fey. You can lose that quality? Elves have Fey ancestry. They have lost much of what has made them Fey. It's still there. Just as I'm sure the Zamyar still have some semblance of that ancestry, but... Right, you said something similar when you were talking about the Shadar Kai. Okay. So they leave the Feywild, they come to the Prime Material, and is Zamyar a progenitor? It's a family, it sounds like. I have heard of three. They traverse the plains according to what I know. I only met one in all of my travels. Your friend... His patron. Shadarai. Yes. We indeed met before. Under tenuous circumstances. War? Something like that. Do you know the names of the other two? No. I never met them. And Shadarai wasn't one who tended to be forthcoming with information. Apparently not a very big fan of his siblings. Well, the history books only mention one other... From what I've been able to piece together, the Emperor of the Empire wasn't the same as Shadarai. And Shadarai seems to have some kind of link to the Shadar Kai. He is the first. Or rather, he is what Neslam used as a base. Well, that confirms a few things at least. Why is he so mad at Neslam, though? Why would Shadarai despise a god that took over his territory? Oh. Oh. I thought... 
Okay. The Shadowfell was not what it is today when Nezlim initially stepped in. So the Shadar Kai originate from Shadarai. He has a bunch of Shadar Kai children, we'll assume. Then Nezlim shows up and reshapes the Shadowfell for his own purposes, stealing effectively Shadarai's family. Is that about right? And locking him away. I can understand why he would be upset then. The gods tend to interfere in the problems of any mortals whenever they deem it necessary. Is there a limit to their power? Are you asking me if gods can die? No. I mean, it's kind of like trying to destroy a concept, I would imagine. Not incorrect, dear. No, what I'm worried about is... Akiva had this period of time where he was having trouble with memories. So, is that something that Neslim could do? Or is that just a basic magic? Anyone can manipulate memories, dear, as long as they know how and have sufficient amount of power to do so. Can that be applied over a wide area? At this point, I'll put my tea down and just kind of fiddle with it. How wide of area do you mean, dear? An entire plane of existence. That level of power comes at a cost. Not a small one, dear, and no mortal I'm aware of can achieve such a widespread effect. Well, I wasn't asking about mortals. What about one of the Prime? You think Adar, then? There was an empire that was made by a fae who expressed concern that should the gods ever go to war, people wouldn't have any sort of defense. And then at some point, it was just gone. There's no historical record. There's no knowledge. At some point, it was just wiped out. Now, we've been able to piece together a couple of things. Thankfully, Tenebris. <laughs> I'll give it to him. His notes are actually really good. There are a couple of assumptions there, but on the whole, he took really good notes. And so I've been able to piece together some things. He did want to know much. That is true. Very unlike normal for a demon lord. I'll have to keep that in mind. But... Can Adar wipe out memories? Dear, if he's ever wiped out memories, I am unaware of it. On an individual basis, or a small group, I'm certain that is of little concern, but if you're talking plain-wide, memory erasure, that, my dear, I do not know. And there's no real way to confirm it, because if you are under the influence of a forgotten memory, you wouldn't remember it. Can he affect the written word? If he was trying to keep something hidden, then chances are we wouldn't be able to find old ruins that have stone engravings and everything else. If he went about the universe and tried to wipe the name Zumyar from history and time, but were still able to find it inscribed in stone and books and everything else, then that would imply a limit to his ability. It would also mean that if I were to die or something, that I could at least leave research notes for whoever else picks this up. True, dear. It also could imply a lack of time to prepare. Like I said, I don't tend to enjoy any conversations if I have them with any of the deities. But he was not one I ever wanted to converse with. Why? He is careful. And while I pride myself on my cunning and wit when it is appropriate, dear, he is not one I would 
dare match wit with. Do you know Archon? Or, I mean, new Archon. Personally? No. There's this thing that's bugging me, just a little bit, about the four primes. Yes, dear. You have a prime of good, a prime of evil, a prime of law, and a prime of chaos. Archon is the prime of chaos. But one of the notes that I was reading described him as a god of freedom. Is not the ability to do whatever it is you wish to any point at any given time at a moment's notice true freedom? But if that's the case, then that would imply that Adar could be a god of domination, of absolute control. During his time of law? Perhaps. So the portfolios of the primes could have shifted after, well, whatever happened to Archon happened to Archon. When the gods' war began. Yeah. All I have is a bunch of religious documents that talk about it in the style of myths and legends and... It's really hard in terms of an academic study. You know, she's kind of fiddling, like, around the table. It seems like making little patterns with her fingers in the the wood as she's talking. Dear, of course it's in myth and legends. Nothing existed but the gods during this time. Beings began to be developed as the gods fancied themselves creators. But none of those beings exists to this day. Not as far as I'm aware. Wait, so the gods made something, but it didn't work out? They created the world of Ostia. They had their war, which nearly devastated it. They locked Archon away, and then allowed beings to flourish. Mind you, I was born significantly after that time. I'm not that old, dear. She gives you, like, a slight smile. Yeah, yeah, it's... Wait, so then it's possible that Emperor Zamyar was right. He had a legitimate concern, but none of his notes show that there's any sort of countermeasure to a deity. But then again, that might be why Adar wiped any record of them out. Maybe he found something. If he found something that can counteract a deity, I would be greatly intrigued to know what it is. Maybe. He has an entire chapter in this book that effectively says that there's nothing you can do to defend yourself, which makes it sound like there's no purpose in continued study, but comes back to this question, why would someone want to wipe, wipe out history? Why would someone want to hide an entire empire? That is a fantastic question, dear. I am not the archaeologist here, though. Again, a slight smile. But it is a question that you'd want answered, too. I would want to know, did he succeed? And if so, was he stopped? And is that why they are gone? Yeah. And if he did succeed, dear, what happened to the countermeasure? Or did he simply figure it out and was erased because of it? It depends on whether or not Adar is omniscient. If you create a countermeasure and then you write it down, does Adar immediately know about it? That's a good question, dear. As far as I am aware, Adar knows everything. Omniscience? I know of no deity that is truly omniscient, but... Then it means it's a limitation. If he found out that Adar immediately knew anything that was written down, then it's possible that he just stopped taking notes and he wrote down that he was giving up, because then that would set Adar aside. This is conjecture-based on notes written by an emperor that doesn't exist in any historical document, and I take a sip of my tea. It's pretty good. Bai tends to 
have better tea whenever you come over, but it's still a very nice, soothing tea. I'm not sure. I'm worried that there's someone out there that's continuing to try and cover this up in favor of Adar. I think that Adar is still out there. I think I'm trying to go against the will of a god, and I'm wondering if maybe it's the right thing to do. I've never turned away from trying to find history, but what if he was right? What if Adar was right to cover something up? What if he was just, however, trying to save his own skin? Lawful doesn't mean good. No, dear. It does not. Have you ever met a devil? Not personally. I think we had a demon that tried to kill us. What does an incubus count as? Well, it depends on where they were born. Incubus can exist in either plane of the various hells. If he attempted to kill you and nothing else, could have easily have been within the abyss. More likely, in fact, unless he was contracted. We didn't have the luxury of asking him. He kind of just stabbed one of our party and then tried to... Well, then he stabbed Akiva, and then he tried to run away. Demon, dear. Ah. Devils, however, they are charming individuals. If you want to talk about lawful not being good, they will talk circles of law around you all day long to convince you that they are right. Their intentions will normally not be to your benefit, at least in the long run. Yeah, that is kind of a thing that comes around when you're dealing with really ancient entities that you don't really understand. And I give her an eye. Slight smile again. Dear Neslim and the Shadar Kai, they are lawful entities. Most anyways. Akiva is an anomaly. But considering his patron is Shadarai, I am not too surprised. Yeah, the Neslim thing also throws me off. Why did he set up shop there? Why did he connect the plane to life and death? I mean, I imagine that the afterlife existed beforehand. It's not like you have quality control with souls that come through, so why is he sitting there effectively enacting a toll upon people who are passing from the living to the grave? He is the judge, dear. He must pronounce sentence before they move on. He and Vumera both decided to bring their influences closer to the material plane, rather than be on the outskirts within the outer planes that the other deities reside in. Oh, I didn't know that. I, well, I just thought that Neslum was a spooky guy that, I guess, watched over this land of the dead. He sees himself as a guardian against undeath, and a judge of the living to help them move on whether they wish to go to their next destination or not. So if you don't like where you're going, you can just say, no, I'm going to stay in the Shadowfell, thank you very much. And he just lets you go on your way? <laughs> not quite, dear. He makes sure you go where you're supposed to. He has an entire race of Shadar Kai behind him. How long has he had this going on? This, I guess, judging the dead operation. Nearly as long as I've been alive. Does he judge all things that die, or only mortals? Mortals, dear. So it's possible that he judged Zamyar. I mean, then that leaves the question of, does the god of death have a library? Does he have an archive? His memory is not as good as Adar's, I believe. 
No, 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 not that, but... She holds a hand up, kind of the... I am sure he has many written records, dear. Maybe, but that would also necessitate going to another plane of existence. One that doesn't necessarily welcome Akiva. At least from what he's made it sound like. Well, with his banishment, dear, I'm not too surprised the Shadarkai, like I said, are quite lawful. When they enact a sentence, there is no concept of mercy involved in it. Or malice. There is only the sentence. Well, that's a lot. Take another sip of my tea. Not a happy place for your happy friend, I'm afraid. No. And... I appreciate you at least confirming some of my suspicions, whether it's due to Shadarai or the idea about Adar and the Zemyar Empire. I still need a lot more research, a lot more information before I'm able to piece anything together, really. There is a lot of history out there, dear, especially for one that does not live anywhere near as long as I, and there will be things that you will never confirm. I mean, that's kind of the goal, isn't it? Planting a garden you'll never see? Writing the books and notes that someone else can follow? Is that a joke because I'm blind, dear? Slight smile. <laughs> you and I both know that you can read plenty fine. Yes, dear. Well, enough of that. I'm gonna take another sip of my tea. Thank you very much. Of course. And she taps the table at this point, and seeming to rise out of the actual ground beneath it is what looks like a small bracelet made of stone, and floats up to her hand as she catches it. Your shield, dear, and holds it out to you. So it's just a bracelet? It looks like a stone loop with a simple kind of shield motif encircling it in various positions. I'll put it on. It seems to slide onto your wrist very smoothly. Dear, once you have attuned to the item... You can simply summon it to be an appropriate shield for yourself. It can always be on your wrist. And as you can see, it is a simple stone bracelet with some intricate carvings. Can I adapt the size of the shield? To a degree. It can only get so large, dear. Well, there's a difference between a tower shield used in a phalanx and a buckler that's, well, what I normally use. Mechanically speaking, it does provide no additional bonus, but yes, you can. Okay, cool. Thank you, bye. Oh, there's one more feature, dear. When attacked, when you are hit, if you don't want to be as close to your enemy and would like a little extra distance, the shield can help you with that. As long as you initially focus on the shield when struck, you can attempt to force your attacker back. That's good. Man, that would have come in real handy during the Tenebris fight. For future battles then, dear. Would you still like to be called Scriv, dear? I've been thinking about quitting the Scrivener's office. I, I mean, I've completed my work assignments just fine, it's just, I don't know, writing out documentation doesn't feel as fulfilling anymore? So, no, I don't think I want to be called Scriv anymore. I also don't want to be called Shannon in public, but I don't really have a fallback, so... Well then... If it is all the same to you, I will call you Shannon from now on, until a new name is chosen. And I will continue to call you by. Dear, I chose my name a very, very long time ago. I still enjoy it. 
when you have chosen your new name, I will be happy to call you that. Thank you, Bai. I'm trying to get used to it. A friend of mine told me that I should be proud of my name. It still doesn't feel like it fits, but maybe I'll grow into it. Yes, dear. Till next time. Until next time, bye. And then I will leave. Okay. So, Akiva, Nissa takes you to the Drunken Duck, where you had been briefly once before. You go towards the back room, where you see Nissa's friend Lyle just setting up and shuffling a deck of cards. A couple other friends that you've, you've seen around. Orsic is there as well, as he's just... All right. As he starts to toss out the cards. False gnomes. Nissa, interested? You and your friend? You know it. Yeah. Sit, sit. Starts to deal out cards. So, there will be three total rolls. Each of you roll a flat d20. Seven. Eleven. Kiva, not great cards. You're looking at what you got and not finding any good combinations here. Nissa, not bad. Lyle goes, all right. Bet you two silver as he tosses them in. I can beat your hand. Can I tell anything from him? Roll insight. So this is the second check. Akiva, you can roll inside as well. One. He's trying to take your money. He wants you to bet low so that he can take more of your money. He's probably has something good. Nissa. 21. He's got garbage. Yeah, I'll see that bet. I fold. He's got two good cards. You see other people at the table. Drop cards. Orsic stays in. Toss in two. So it's Orsic, Lyle, and you right now. Roll a deception check for me. As you bluff your way to the last bit. 11. Lyle looks at you. Says cards. Orsic looks. Ah, I'm out. <laughs> Lyle looks at you. Yeah, I'll call you. Tosses in his coins. Shows his cards. And while you have two pair, he has one. So you get a total of seven silver. Cool. We'll do one last uh, check. I would like a deception check from each of you. And then that may determine how much you win or lose during the night. 24. 17. Can both of you roll a d10 for me? Six. Seven. Akiva, you make three gold over the course of the night. Nissa, you make three gold over the course of the night. And how did Akiva do with the whole, like, keeping his face straight thing throughout the night? Started off a little rough, but, like, at the end, you were having trouble, like, picking up his tells again. Akiva, you realize, like, trying to keep a straight face wasn't your strongest suit, so just being happy about every single thing in your hand worked better to your advantage. Sweet. Be true to who you are, you know? So, you all wrap up your evenings. And then the next day, as you guys head towards the ball, you see the streets are still filled with many people celebrating Serdea, the goddess of beauty and joy, and with lots of various pretty food usually being sold, rather than necessarily like hearty, and it's very artistically designed, the kind of uh, food and stuff that you see as you pass by. But you are heading toward the Regent seat. You pass by the stone houses that are all interconnected with the adamantine palace itself, each one with the round windows placed symmetrically that you know indicate the various noble houses, with beautiful, well-kept gardens surrounding each of these estates, each of these wings of the palace itself. And of course, the lone black stone wizard tower that is just beside the palace. So you approach the seven massive round towers that encompass the castle itself. Each reach twice the height of the walls that surround the Regent Seat District and are connected by huge solid walls of light gray stone reinforced with adamantine bands. Grand windows are scattered generously across the walls in a seemingly random pattern, along with symmetric crenellations for archers and artillery. This is the most full you have seen the 
palace grounds in all the time that you've actually been by here as you see many people gathering outside the palace doors. There are guards everywhere, both mechanical and human, that seem to be stationed every 10 feet or so as they are watching the procession enter the palace. Am I supposed to be nervous? I feel nervous. Like, I don't really care about their opinion, but also I threw up in the middle of a party and they all saw. And are you sure they're not going to remember me? It's just, it's, it's a lot. And let me offer this perspective, Scriv. Who cares? Two women pass by and just kind of look at Scriv and whisper slightly and chuckle and keep going. You see that? You see that right there? They're judging me. And? I shouldn't go. We shouldn't go. I should go back and study and... Scriv? It's just a party. This isn't going to be like one of the Silver Blooms parties where everybody comes and brings food and then we just party and share stories. This is this is the big Orenthal game. This is nobility and ritzy people and politics. Yeah, it sounds infinitely better what you're describing. There's the opportunity to achieve so much here. I would like to disagree, but the politics sounds like something I don't want to be any part of. I mean, we're already a part of it. We're dealing with the Nathandoms. We're dealing with Zolas. Yeah, we're players now. I know that sounds weird, but it's true. And that's why I'm nervous. This is a game that I don't know the rules to yet. Yeah, you learn as you go. You make mistakes and, uh, you know, as long as you're trying to achieve good things, it's all going to be okay. There might be at worst some mild embarrassment and no one dies from mild embarrassment. See the last party we were at. I don't think they were actually laughing at you, Scrib. I think they're just some random ladies. We'll probably never see them again. But if you'd like, I could go snub them later if we do try to, if that would make you feel better. I would like to learn how to snub people. Yeah, that sounds like a good goal. Speaking of goals, we need work, right? Yes, I brought this up before. Scrib, I know you and I have a job. Nissa, I know you have some opportunities that you pursue. Akiva, I know you have your shows, but we don't really have something that's going to give us the money we need to travel widely across the kingdom or buy any sort of items or artifacts or help defray the cost of research. So yeah, we need some work to do. And these are people with deep pockets. So I'm here to dance, eat food, and then talk nice about our new company. Yes, that is all very true. Please promote the Sharpened Quill and talk about, you know, how efficient and discreet we are. Also, please don't commit to doing any jobs if they sound sketchy or just too petty. How would I know the difference? Like, we shouldn't be embarrassing someone at the party because someone else bribed us to. Not that that's a thing that would happen, but it is a thing that has happened before. What if Akiva got hired to do a show about someone? He could probably find a patron. The Mary Siren thing worked out, right? Yeah. Kiva, that's probably your best way to make money and get better opportunities, bigger stages, get your name out there. I mean, sure. Yeah, if we need money, I, I guess I'm okay with that. This is more about your performance. This is more about getting your name out there and... Oh, I don't care about that. You don't want a career? I'm already 300. <laughs> that ship has sailed. I think that's still pretty young, as lifetimes go. My performances had always started just because I learned a couple skills while in Brittle Hollow with the halflings and they thought it'd be a neat idea if I put on a show. So I kind of just kept going from there. But if we need money, I'm more than happy to try and get patron to help us get money. But aren't your shows your art, in a sense? Yeah, for the most part. So get the chance to be on a grander stage, have more props or equipment or even hire people to be part of your act at some point? 
And maybe if you get popular enough, they'll let you back into your temple. I'm not entirely sure if that's something I want right now. How about this? Find out what you're worth. See what your name recognition's like. See what people might be willing to pay you, because you might be really surprised how much money they have to throw away. I'm sorry, to invest in the arts. Yeah, I definitely think it's something worth looking into, so I will talk and see if there's somebody who would be interested. Yeah. So, this has got her opportunity. Akiva's going to try and find someone to pay for his art, and we'll find work. Yeah, if we do have to split up at any point, I recommend that we have, at least uh, in our pairings, one of us who has some awareness of who the nobles are that are involved. So, Akiva, I'd say you're better off sticking with me and Nissa with Scriv. Or we can all stay together the whole time. That'll be great, too. The other thing is, everyone that we went to the Abyss with is here. So, the dwarves, the elves... We don't really know that much about what's going on in the other kingdoms. And if we're preparing to travel somewhere, it'd be great to have more information about what's going on and how they traveled here. If there's opportunity to travel more quickly and magically traverse the land to get... No! I know it sounds bad, but there's no harm in asking. Solana is one of the places I wanted to go to. Nissa, I'm not going to make you talk to that guy. But I think we should talk to him and find out. It'll help us decide. I know we haven't talked about where we want to go yet, but when we do, it'd be nice to know what our options are. And if it's going to take a day or take two months, that's a huge difference. If we have to go with that guy and go to Solani, you're going to have to gag me the entire trip. Well, ideally, if it's just a teleportation thing, that should be like 30 seconds. And then we never have to talk with him again. Okay, I might be able to manage that. We didn't even get his name. It's going to make it a little difficult. We can figure that out. So maybe that's something that's desirable but not necessary. But overall, also you guys should enjoy yourselves. Like, the food should be great. The dancing should be, well, I hope great. I know we have different standards on what that looks like. But also, just maybe there's some small jobs we can do here at the party. And if people are going to pay us, then we should take their money. As long as it's not embarrassing someone. As long as it's not something beneath us, like you were mentioning. Yeah, Okay, here's the thing. If at any point something happens, please tell me if you need my help. I don't care if it's something that you think I might not like. I am part of our team, so even if it's something that I will find disappointing, we're all in this together. Please come to me if anything happens. I think we should try to stay together, at least to start, and kind of get the lay of the land and see what's happening and what's available to us. But have some fun, (laughs) but not too much fun. (laughs) Have fun. Got it. And with that, I think we're ready to enter. And that is where we're going to leave this episode for today. Thank you all for listening. Please share this with your friends and follow us on Twitter at Rules is Written, or check out our website, dndraw.com. And feel free to email any questions to the DM at dm at dndraw.com. Also, subscribe and leave us a review or comment anywhere podcasts are found. And please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw. Until next time. If you enjoy the adventures of our characters in Ostia and our show about the rules for 5th edition, support us on Patreon. For just $1 a month, you will get exclusive content and updates. If you're interested in a look behind the curtain of how we keep track of all of our quests, we are going to be releasing our players' to-do list document for each session to all patrons going forward. 
This includes our plans for which characters need to have a heart-to-heart, -heart, what letters are they writing to family at home, and which NPCs can't be trusted. Beyond that, higher tiers get DMs notes, bloopers from our episodes, and to add an item or NPC to a D&D Raw episode. So we want to give a special shout out to our Adventure Tier and Above patrons. So thank you Waldron, Carol Morris, William McCracken, Ryan Rea Vermet, Mike C, Naked and Afraid, Feral Joe, Jeremy Kleinons, and a Linux fan. We are especially grateful to our producer tier patrons who listen to our audio before anyone else to give feedback and shape the final episode. We want to give a special thanks to Christopher Reinhardt for serving as a producer on this episode. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw.